maybe I'm kind of directing this a little bit toward Jeremy and Hannah. They're going off to college. They're going to be starting college. Um, and I'm just, this message, it's, it's to all of us, but, you know, I want you, you two to realize before you even get started, realize that Bible college is a place to learn the Bible, but I want you to also understand that it's a place that really, uh, a, a purpose, almost really any college at all would be the purpose, it's really a, a place to grow in character. Uh, it's a place where you, you start building your character. It's a place where you find out you can do more than you thought you could. It's a place where you find that you can go longer than you thought you could. It's a, it's, it's a place where you, you, you learn that you, you work harder. I, I, uh, I was talking to Jeremy the other day, and I said, you know, Jeremy, the, uh, do you understand now? You know, I mean, you're going you're gonna to go to Bible college. You understand when you walk in that door, he, we talked about the fact that it looks like he might be able to get a job from 3 to 11. I said, and what time does college end each day? And he said, I think it goes to one. I said, probably does. So you got time to eat and change clothes and go to work. You're going to come home at 11 o'clock. And, uh, you know, if you can get a shower and get changed, and if you're smart and you try to get in bed, do a little study and get into bed, you're going to get in bed at 1230 at the very earliest. You got to be up by 6 o'clock. At the latest, unless you're going to just run into your classes. Now, you say, well, you know, it's five and five and a half hours of sleep. Here's the problem, folks. Even in that schedule where you get that, now, where's your study time? Where's your walking with God time? And I told him, buddy, you better just learn to say no to everybody. I mean, all the people that want to go play ball, they want to go party, they want to go do this, they want to go here, they want to stop there, they want to, hey, on the way home from work, let's go get a, you know, a sandwich and, and let's do this. I'm, t I'm telling you, just as much as possible, you just need to say no and get on the books because if you're determined to jump in and get, get into it, you, you'll do a whole lot better. Now... With that, I'm going to, tonight, that what I'm preaching on is, is desire without character will, will result in double-mindedness. Desire without character will result in double-mindedness. I want you to go to, to Mark chapter 14. Mark chapter 14. I'm going to begin in verse 26. It's going to be a very familiar passage. We're going to break it down, and, and we won't take long tonight, uh, really. We, we'll get through this pretty quickly. We've done a few extra things here tonight, and I've talked a little bit extra. But Mark chapter 14, verse 26 says, And when they had sung a hymn, they went out into the Mount of Olives. And Jesus saith unto them, All ye shall be offended because of me this night. For it is written, I will smite the shepherd, and the sheep shall be scattered. But after that I am risen, I will go before you into Galilee. But Peter said unto him, Although all shall be offended, yet will not I. And Jesus said unto him, Verily I say unto you, uh, unto thee, that this day, even in this night, before the cock crow twice, thou shalt deny me thrice. But he spake the more vehemently, If I should die with thee, I will not deny thee in any, in any wise. 
Likewise also said they all. And they came to a place which was named Gethsemane. And he said, saith to his disciples, Sit ye here while I shall pray. And he taketh with him Peter and James and John and began to be sore amazed and to be very heavy. And saith unto them, My soul is exceeding sorrowful unto death. Tarry ye here and watch. And he went forward a little and fell on the ground and prayed that if it were possible, the hour might pass from him. And he said, Abba, Father, all things are possible unto thee. Take away this cup from me. Nevertheless, not what I will, but what thou wilt. And he cometh and findeth them sleeping and saith unto Peter, Simon, sleepest thou? Couldest not thou watch one hour? Watch ye and pray, lest ye enter into temptation. The spirit truly is ready, but the flesh is weak. And again he went away and prayed and spake the same words. And when he returned, he found them asleep again, for their eyes were heavy. Neither wist they what to answer him. And he cometh the third time and saith unto them, Sleep on now, and take your rest, for it is enough. The hour is come. Behold, the Son of Man is betrayed into the hands of sinners. Rise up, let us go. Lo, he that betrayeth me is at hand. Father, I pray that you bless here tonight. Holy Spirit of God, guide my mind. I yield myself to thee. Please, dear God, protect us, guide us tonight. Put your arms around us. We need you tonight, please, in Jesus' name. Amen. In leadership, and that's honestly, uh, uh, you know, I'm, I'm throwing this at Jeremy, especially, that's what he's learning to do. He's going, he wants to be in the ministry one day. He wants, that's a, a, a place of leadership. And, and the truth is, everybody leads somewhere. Hannah, no matter what she ends up doing, she's going to be leading somebody somewhere. Somehow, you lead somebody. Whether you even realize it or not, you're leading somebody. And so in leadership, actions must supersede words. Action must supersede your words. Uh, you know, all talk and no action just gets nobody anywhere. And so uh, the, uh, there's a quote from T.S. Eliot that said, Most of the evil in this world is done by people with good intentions. Peter was a leader, not just because he was chosen to lead, but because he had leadership qualities. I believe this man had definite leadership qualities. Obviously, one of the reasons is because everybody else was so willing, willing to follow him. Now, whatever Peter was deciding, everybody else is saying, we're with you. Whatever, you. whatever you say, we say. Whatever you do, we do. Wherever you go, we go. And so why did Peter almost end up, though, in tragedy? And why did those that followed him almost end up destroyed? Now, here's what we've got, we got to think about. Here's a man with a leadership ability. This is a man that's, that, that's got this, 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 he jumps out and says, I'm, I'm, I'll never forsake you. I'm right there with you. And if we read through, and we're going to read through here in just a moment, uh, some other actions about Peter. But why did he end up almost just destroyed and the people with him who followed him almost destroyed? And he, why? Basically because he had an intense desire, but he struggled with follow through. He had an intense desire, but he struggled with follow-through. Again, I'm going to point to Jeremy and Hannah. I'm going to tell you, there's, there's a lot of people with talent. There's a lot of people with intellect. There's a lot of people with a high IQ. There's a lot of people with abilities. But let me just tell you, you know what God needs? God needs somebody that puts his hand to the plow and doesn't look back. That just says, I'm going to finish what I started doing. I'm going to do what I set out to do. I'm going to complete what I began. 
And, and I'm telling you, folks, listen, this is an old boy that, that I, didn't, I just came from a farm, just a redneck, didn't know anything about anything. But God called me, and let me tell you, God called me, and when he called me, I decided I'm going to complete this thing. I'm going to finish. Man, I was in college and, and almost graduated before I realized people quit. I really did. I just thought people left my ministry, went to some other ministry. I thought somewhere they were somewhere else around. I just thought there's someplace else, and I'm not seeing them. And then I started realizing they're quitting. Hey, some of them, even the husband and wives, quit on each other in Bible college. And I was devastated. I thought, how can this be happening? It's such a simple thing. God said, do it. Guess what? I better do it. Number one point I got here, and I don't have much time here tonight, but Peter knew who Christ was in his heart, but he did not know who he was in his head. Now, now I want you to grasp this, this now, and I've been talking about seeking the Lord, but here Peter was. Peter knew who he was because, look, when, when, they, when they asked, you know, who is he? Peter says, oh, thou art the Christ, the Son of the living God. But he didn't know it here. And what I mean by that is this. Peter did not understand the power of God. He did not understand who was fighting the battle. When they came for Jesus in the garden, Peter tried to handle the situation because he did not understand the real fight. He didn't understand what we're here to fight. He didn't understand what's really going on. And, 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 and I beg you here tonight, folks, look, we need to know God well enough that we know what the real fight is. We know what we're up against. Mark chapter 14, verses 43 through 52, and I'm reading a lot. But it says, Immediately while he yet spake, cometh Judas, one of the twelve, with him a great multitude with swords and staves from the chief priests and the scribes and elders. And he, and he that betrayed him had given them a token, saying, Whosoever I shall kiss, that same as he, take him and lead him away safely. And as soon as he was come, he goeth straightway to him and saith, Master, Master, and kissed him. And they laid their hands on him and took him. And one of them that stood by drew a sword and smote a servant of the high priest and cut off his ear. And Jesus answered and said unto, unto them, Are you come out as against a thief with swords and with staves to take me? I was daily with you in the temple and teaching, and you took me not. But the scripture must be fulfilled. And they all forsook him and fled. And there followed him a certain young man having linen cloth uh, cast about his naked body and the young men laid hold on him and he left the linen cloth and fled from them naked. Look, everybody fled from him but Peter took a sword and cut off the servant of the high priest here. Now, why did he do that? Because he didn't understand who Jesus was. Peter did not understand the real fight before them. The real fight that they were battling with, right? The fight that they were in that night was not with that high priest or the servant. It was with Satan. And listen, Jesus was greater than Satan. The real fight for Peter, watch this, the real fight for Peter was with himself. It was in himself. He had never gotten to know Jesus. Yes, he knew he was Savior, but he did not know he was the Almighty One. Did you know that uh, he didn't grasp the fact that when Jesus is the Almighty One, when he's the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end, when he's the chief cornerstone, when he's the deliverer, the great I Am, the King of Kings, the Judge, the Light of the World, Peter doesn't have to pull out his sword and defend him. If he really understood who he was standing beside, 
Why would you even do that? No, he didn't really understand who Jesus was. When you really know who he is, you know the battle is the Lord's. And let me tell you, Jeremy, Hannah, everybody in here, whatever you're going through, the battle is the Lord's. When you get there and it seems really hard, the battle is the Lord's. When you get so weary you can't hardly keep going, the battle is the Lord's. When the course is a little bit harder than you thought they were going to be, the battle is the Lord's. For all power is in the hand of the one who created all things. And see, that's what he didn't realize. He was standing beside the one who created all things, who has all power, who could speak. And they, well, look, they fell to the ground when he spoke. But I'm Peter. I don't understand who he is well enough that I somehow I got to defend everybody. Secondly, Peter said he would not deny Christ even if it meant death. But when it came time to stand, he could not or would not stand for Christ. And this hurts Christianity as much as anything. This is devastating. This is, this is why a lot of, a lot of uh, churches no longer send people off to college. Especially married couples don't send them. You know why? Because so many of them said, I'm going, I'm going to finish, I'm going to do the work of the Lord, I'm going to serve God with my life, and pff, they're gone. They vanish. Verse 29 says, But Peter said, said unto him, Although all shall be offended, yet will not I. And Jesus said unto him, Verily I say unto thee that this, this day, even in this night, before the cock crow twice, thou shalt deny me thrice. But he spake the more vehemently, If I should die with thee, I will not deny thee in any wise. Likewise also said they all. Notice again, whatever Peter's doing, they're all just following in. They're all just jumping in. The words of the emotion of his heart were strong, but the determination needed was not found. That's why what you say is really not nearly as important as your actions. My preacher, years and years ago, 25, 30 years ago, time just kind of runs together. I don't know how long, but one time we were, we were together, and, and I'd been working for him for probably five or six years, and he sat down with me. He said, Bob, I just don't think you're going to stay with me. And, and I looked at him and I said, preacher, that's because I'm not one of those who gets up and says, I'm going to be with you for life. And he said, why don't you? And I said, because that's God's business, not mine. I don't know that. And I said, but watch this. I'll probably be here longer than most of the guys who say they'll be with you for life. Because they're all ready to say, oh, I'll be with you everywhere you go. I'll do everything you do. I'll, I'll never leave you. I'm not saying that God may tell me to leave tomorrow. I'm not talking right here. Now, why was he struggling in this area? Because he did not understand the real enemy. The real enemy. The real enemy was the, and listen to this, the real enemy that Peter was fighting right at this moment, when he says, I'll never leave you, I'll never, I, I'll never turn, I, though everybody turn against you, you know, I, I'll not do it. Peter didn't understand, even there, what Jesus was trying to do with them. The real enemy that needed to be fought right there was Peter, his heart, the pride in his heart. You know, when you think you got it all together and when you think you got it all licked, you better be careful. 
Let him that thinketh he standeth take heed lest he fall. Folks, right here, there's none of us that are above falling. There's none of us that are above falling. And the moment you start thinking you are, you're in a heap of trouble. That's why you always got to, you got, always got to put up parameters and barriers and protections all around. And I'm going to say it again. Listen, uh, Hannah, you're not moving away, but I'm going to tell you, you're going to be away. And listen, you better have some, some things that are they're built into your life that protect you. Because it's still, it's still 40 minutes drive home, and there's a lot of places to deviate from home. You just got to decide, that's not where I'm going, that's not what I'm doing. You got to decide, that's not who I am, that's not what I'm going to do. I came to serve God, I'm not above falling, I'm not above destroying my life, and if I destroy my life, I'll, I'll destroy somebody else's life. Almost hate to say it, but I'm, I'm going to tell you this, Jeremy. That there, there are young people, including your own, your own siblings, that are looking at you, what you do with your life. I told my daughter, Brooke, I said, baby, you're setting a precedence for the rest of them. They're looking and watching. The real enemy was the pride of Peter's heart. The real enemy was not realizing how weak he was. You know what, folks? We just need to realize how weak we are. We we, we don't have the strength to fight these battles. We've got to have Almighty God. Peter's eyes were on his ability, his strength, and his wisdom. He knew in his heart that Jesus was the Christ. He knew him as Savior, but he did not know and understand that he was not the issue. Peter was not the issue. Jesus is. Jesus is the issue, and and what Peter failed to realize is Jesus is the line of the tribe of Judah. Jesus is the Lord of all. Jesus is the mighty one. Jesus is the one who sets us free. Jesus is our hope. He is our peace. He is our rock. And you know what? You say, Brother Hook, why are you throwing these things in there? Because we need to know who he is. Number three. And I only have three of them, so y'all hold on. Peter did not understand the real source of power. In verse 32, it says, They came to the place which was named Gethsemane, and he saith to his disciples, Sit ye here while I shall pray. And he taketh with him Peter and James and John, and began to be sore amazed and to be very heavy, and saith unto them, My soul is exceeding sorrowful unto death. Tarry ye here and watch. And he went forward a little and fell on the ground and prayed that if it were possible, the hour might pass from him. And he said, this sounds like probably what, what Amy's been praying here recently. Y'all didn't get that, did you? You see, right here it says, My soul is exceeding sorrowful unto death. Tarry ye here and watch. And he went forward a little and fell on the ground and prayed that if it were possible, the hour might pass from him. And he said, Abba, Father, all things are possible unto thee. Take away this cup from me. Nevertheless, not what I will, but what thou wilt. And he cometh and findeth them sleeping and saith unto Peter, Simon, sleepest thou? Couldest thou not watch one hour? Watch ye and pray, lest ye enter into temptation. The spirit truly is ready, but the flesh is weak. Listen, folks, uh, Peter just did not understand, and he didn't trust that Jesus had given him the priority. 
Jesus gave him the priority for his life at this moment. He gave him the priority, and the priority was not rest. It was not the sword. It was not boisterous, bragging comments about how he's going to stand. No, Jesus said the priority is prayer. And let me just say it again. If any of us are going to make through any of this thing, we've got to keep praying. We've got to keep seeking God. We've got to stay yielded to God. The more we get sidetracked and it's all about us, when we don't realize Jesus is the issue and I am not the issue, when we get sidetracked that way, we start stop talking to Him, stop praying to Him, start calling out on Him, and we've got to understand the priority is prayer. For in prayer is power. Jesus said, pray ye lest you enter into temptation. And look, that, that applies to us today, folks. We don't have to fall into every little thing that comes along. We don't have to succumb to every little temptation that comes along. We don't have to yield to everything that pulls us in. We can pray. And if we pray, God says pray. And that power is found in prayer. The power against temptation is prayer. For prayer is made to Jesus. Who is Jesus? The Son of the Most High. The Supreme Creator over all. The resurrection and the life. The door, the way, the true vine, the victorious one. The wonderful counselor, the mighty God, everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. That's who Jesus is. And he said, talk to me. And he gave Peter that priority. He said, Peter, if you'll pray... Then when temptation comes, you'll be standing in a different power. Because you won't be standing in your own strength. You'll be standing in God's strength. In the Holy Spirit's strength. You see, it's no matter what we're facing today, we're not the issue Jesus is. He's Jehovah, Savior. When we really know who he is, then we will trust what he can do. When we know who he is, we will trust what he can do. And I want to just finish with this. There's one verse, 28, Proverbs 28, 20. A faithful man shall abound with blessings. A faithful man shall abound with blessings. And please, folks, get this. And, and, and I beg you. We're looking to be talented people. We're looking to be wealthy people. We're looking to be educated people. We're looking to be, you know, uh, superior people or well-dressed people or, or all these kind of things. But God is looking for one thing. We, we even, you know, in our, in our heart, we, we want to be, you know, we want to be holy and righteous people. And that's not a bad thing. But God is, is looking for one thing. He's looking for faithfulness. Faithfulness. Say, what is really faithfulness? That means whatever you start, finish. That means when you start serving him, you keep on going. That means there's no retirement in Christianity. There is no retirement. That means that we ought to, if you, okay, if you want to know what faithfulness, okay, I got to do this. Come here. Get yourself up, woman. 
You want to know what faithfulness is? Nineteen more kids, I think, today on the bus route. And how long have we been doing this? Don't know. A year. I said year. <laughs> this is faithfulness. This is faithfulness. It, it's, I used to hear when I went to college about Roman candle Christianity. Gone. This is no Roman candle Christianity. I don't know what that candle was. We looked at this couple's retreat we went to, and in some little candle, some little shop, they had a candle, and this guy was telling us this thing burns for like, you know, 30 hours or something. I thought, man, my wife thinks it's romantic to have candles. That, that would be great to have, you know, just get a 30-hour candle, you know. That's, no, that's more what you, this is faithfulness. And God says, watch this, a faithful man shall abound in blessing. Abound in blessing. And you know, we always think that means we're going to get blessed. We're going to get blessed. I'm going to have to get to heaven to find out, but it may just mean that the faithfulness of Miss Peggy it abounds in blessing. You understand? It abounds. It blesses everybody around us. It blesses everybody that walks into the door and meets her. It blesses everybody when she meets them. It blesses child after child and, and family after family. It abounds with blessing. This is my dream. Not to be a woman. <laughs> this is my dream that, that I can just keep on. And maybe not do it as fast, maybe not as long. But just keep on to the Lord. Just come on home. And that's what she's doing. And you don't know how much you encourage me. Ain't she special? Sit right down. Now, don't get up and take over my service anymore. No, no. This is what God's want. And that's really all he wanted Peter to do. Peter, get all this junk out of your head. You just want to let everybody know, hey, I'm, I'm the man. I'll stay with you. I'll cut off his ear. I'll, I'll never deny you. Peter, it's not about you. Jesus doesn't need all that. He just needs you to be faithful to him. And part of faithfulness is pray. Part of faithful is understanding the power, where the source of their power really comes from. Part of faithfulness is understanding the enemy. Part of faithfulness is understanding what the real fight is all about and who it's with.
Matthew, don't give up, man. We're proud of you. Oh, Matthew's like, why are you talking? You love it. You know you love it. You just love to have your name called. Boy, I was sitting there watching these boys here and the fact they wanted to come. And the moment I, I saw them here tonight, my mind went, honestly, it went to about 10 years from now. And when I went to 10 years from now, I thought, he would be running junior church. He could be preaching. I went to this couple's retreat, and, and the pastor pulled out a, a picture. He said, this couple couldn't come because they're about to have a baby. But he said, this is my youth director and, and bus director, and he was off of my bus route. Showed me a picture of him. Looked like he had my afro. And he was just a teenager, and he said, no family, no mama, daddy, no real home. And now he's my assistant pastor. And he is a wife serving God. You know, that's faithfulness. You get to see that when you just remain faithful. I don't know how this might apply to you, but and maybe, maybe God just let me do it. I just, I want so bad for our young people to make right decisions and do well. And I'm going to miss Jeremy too because now I've got to cut the grass. <laughs> now, it's been a blessing this year, and I, and I hope that I've been a help to him this year. But God will bless faithfulness. Father, I pray that you bless. Lord Jesus,